Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. This game is old. I didn't realize just how old this game actually was. I thought it was invented like when I was a kid because I loved it so much. But now I've learned that it's old. Uh, The version that you and I are probably most familiar with was released in 1967 uh, by Milton Bradley. uh, And it included the plastic boards and the little pegs that we became familiar with. Um, But there's an earlier version. All the way back in the 1890s, it is believed that this same game was played, not with the plastic pegs and the boards, but they played it. Russian soldiers played it in World War I. Um, And then in 1931, it was commercially released here in the United States. And then since then, of course, like everything else, it's been computerized. And then in 2012, it even became the the basis for a movie called Battleship. Um, And for some reason, I absolutely loved this game. I didn't get to play it very much, but I loved it. There was something about hearing somebody say, you sunk my battleship. See, some of y'all my age saw the commercials, you know. Do you remember how this worked? Okay, you don't remember. Drew, uh, James, come here. Uh, We're going to reenact this for you right here. I don't know how this is going to go. This could get deadly, but we'll see. Um, So y'all are going to be the the pegboard. All right, come here, James. Come over here and spread this out. And you're going to hold it up so they can't see each other. All right, I need Andrew and, well, y'all are tall. I can't use y'all. Y'all too tall. Y'all be able to see. Yeah, I need, Gage, come on. I need somebody short, all right? Uh, I'm not talking bad about you. I just need somebody short. Who else is short in the building? Uh, John Niles, where you at? Is he back in yet? Come here, John Niles. You my height, bro. Me and you. Come on, Gage, you're over here. All right, those are your, your weapons, all right? John, you're over here, your weapons, all right? So you gotta remember, and I'm gonna come back to this, this is an important part. What you would do is on your side of the pegboard, you would position all your little boats, remember? Maybe that's why, I don't know, I, I just loved it. Can you see through that? Oh, this is, I might have to make y'all close your eyes. All right, so, so um, you would position your ships and then you would take shots at one another by calling out letter and number on the grid to see if they landed, all right? So Gage, I need you to get positioned. John, I need you to get positioned. You cannot go all the way to the back wall. You gotta, you gotta stay. You gotta stay in front of the TVs because I see, I've seen y'all throw. I'm worried. All right, I hear. So, I, okay, so get your bags. You need your bags. Don't get too deep. Gage, kind of come up. All right, can you see through there? All right, close your eyes because you can see through there. All right, so uh, John, close your eyes because you can see through there. All right, so now, oh, I'm moving my iPad. Y'all are dangerous. I don't trust y'all. Okay, so, no, 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 you can stand up because you're getting ready to take some shots, all right? So here we go. So um, one person would get to take a shot. So John, uh, now listen, once the shots start, you, this, is an important, this is important here. You cannot move, remember, that your boats were stuck in the pegs, all right, in, in the little holes. All right, here, John, you get to take first shot. So take a shot, see if you can find Gage back there. This is just like a... Uh, uh, oh, okay. Gage, you get to take a shot. Take a shot. Oh, okay. Uh, John, you, I would have destroyed y'all. Oh, there, okay. There's a hit. There's a hit right there. All right, that's one hit. All right, Gage, come on, find him. Find him. Oh, he's, oh, okay, that's a miss. All right, John, take another shot. Oh, that's a direct hit. That's two. All right, Gage, come on. You got to get in here. Oh, too deep. All right, all right, John, one last one. Yeah, okay, so Gage, what do you say? You sunk my battleship. 
Yes, John Niles is the winner, all right? See, he's got, he's got experience. He probably played this game as a kid, something like, okay, so that's a, that's an, a, a life-size, thank you guys, that's a, that's a life-size um, example of battleship. And so once you uh, sunk all the ships, I think there were four ships on the other side, you were the champion, right? So I need to remind you that we've been talking about relationships and we've made this statement that relationships are the single most influencing factor in our lives. You cannot escape them. Life management is, is the only way you can manage your life is if you manage your relationships. We think that Jesus just came to save our soul when the truth is, is that oftentimes through scripture, not just in the New Testament, we're going to go in the Old Testament today, you can see that a lot of the Bible is about learning how to manage, to navigate relationships. And we started talking about, first week we talked about the fact that we owe everybody equal love, but not everybody equal access. Right? So you've got to learn to have barriers in your life. Who, Red Rover. Who to let in, who to keep out. Then we talked about Twister, remember? Uh, and, and so you got to find balance. If you're going to navigate relationships correctly, you got to have balance. you got to be able to balance isolation with God. You've got to be able to balance friends and assignments and figure out who is in one of those categories. Because if you get those categories twisted up, it will twist your life up, right? Are y'all still here? Last week, Pastor Drew did a great job talking to you about being authentic, right? You cannot place charades with one another. If you're going to have healthy relationships, you've got to be real. So, so what I want to do is I want to take us into this last week. And I have been fighting this for months because this is a day, this message is dangerous. All right. Uh, so here's how I'm going to set some ground rules. All right. I got to set some ground rules for this message. Here they are. You cannot read into what I'm going to say, your hurt feelings. If you're in this room today and you've got hurt feelings or hidden agendas and have a tendency to be a hermit and won't let anybody into your life, you cannot read into what I'm saying and act like I'm giving you permission to live that way. Okay, so, 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 so I, I recognize this is a dangerous message. I also have recognized that this message in particular is going to require from you a lot of spiritual maturity so that you don't misuse what I'm talking about. All right, so touch your neighbor and say, you got to grow up real quick right here because if you don't, you're going to mess this up. All right, so, so, all right, so join me in the Old Testament. You'll understand here in a minute. <laughs> oh, this is dangerous. Okay, join me in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 13. I want to read to you verse 1 and 2, and then we're going to go down to verse 5 and read through verse 12. Listen to what's happening. It says, so they left. This is Abram, Lot, and his family. Uh, it says, so they left Egypt and traveled north into the Negev. Abram his, with his wife and Lot and all that they owned, for Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. All right, now verse 5. Lot, too, was wealthy with sheep and cattle and many servants. But the land could not support both Abram and Lot with all their flocks and herds. There were too many animals for the available pasture. So fights broke out between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot. And dis despite the danger they all faced from the tribes of Canaanites and Perizzites present in the land. Then Abram talked it over with Lot. This fighting between our men has got to stop, he said. 
We can't afford to let a rift develop between our clans. Close relatives such as we are must present a united front. Let's just stop right there. This, I don't have this in my notes, but I feel like we need to do this. Why don't you touch the person next to you and say, we're related. Come on, tell them we're related. We've all got Jesus's blood. Okay, just going to remind you. I know you don't, you don't look like me. We don't, we don't look the same, but we're related. All right, all right, all right. You got it? Okay, so, so he says, we've got to present this united front. Here's what Abram says. I'll tell you what we'll do. Take your choice of any section of the land you want and and we will separate. If you want that part over there to the east, then I'll stay here in the western section. Or if you want the west, then I'll go over to the east. And Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan River, well watered everywhere. This was before Jehovah destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. The whole section was like the Garden of Eden or like the beautiful countryside around Zor in Egypt. So that is what Lot chose. The Jordan Valley to the east of them. And he went there with his flocks and servants and thus he and Abram parted company for Abram stayed in the land of Canaan while Lot uh, lived among the cities of the plain settling at a place near the city of Sodom. Now I need to remind you before we start breaking all this down for those of you that haven't been here with us very long I need you to do some research. All of our messages are archived from day one. Every one of them. I encourage you to go back and listen. I'm not saying that because I'm the one doing the preaching. I just think you need to get the content so that you will have the context. We have spent, uh, if you took all of our history, I guarantee you it is better than six months of sermons, messages, lessons on the fact that we are called to be brothers and sisters in Christ. We are called to bear one another's burdens. We're called to rally around one another. We're called to carry one another to Christ when we can't get there on our own. We're called to protect one another. We're called to provide for one another. We're called to love one another. Everybody, all you that have been here a while are going, oh, good grief, man, you've beat that horse until it's dead. I get it, I get it, I get it. But... I also want you to understand that there are some relationships that sink us rather than strengthen us. I knew it was going to get quiet. So I want to show you from this account that I read to you some tools necessary. That's all we're trying to do is equip you so that, because to win in life, you must, uh, this is not a competition. I'm not talking about win like competition. I'm just talking about to be successful, to go through life and be able to navigate relationships carefully and effectively and successfully. You've got to have all these skills in your tool bag, right? These tools have got to be in your tool bag. So let's see what happens. I want you to notice first that both Abram and Lot were being blessed. All right. Because if we're not careful, what we'll do is we'll read this, we'll read the account and we'll make up, we, we read it, but we make stuff up in our own head. That Abram is more righteous than Lot because Lot chose Sodom and so he must not be being blessed like Abram's being blessed. But the account says that both men were blessed. Okay. In fact, both had experienced such an increase in their herds and an increase in their wealth and in their family till now the statement that we read says they had so many animals that the land could not support both of them. This town wasn't big for both, big enough for both of them. Anybody, any Western fans? This town, all right, this wasn't big enough for them, right? Okay, so, so the indication that there's a problem, read the account, the indication that there's an issue going on is that now we read, even though they're both blessed, 
there's division taking place. Okay, y'all. Abram and Lot, their men, their herdsmen, they play battleship. They begin to throw, they begin to lob bombs at one another, right? And Abram and Lot discover that there's this rift developing, and so they begin to deal with it. So Abram, stay, stay with me here. So Abram approaches Lot. Jesus taught us in Matthew that when you go to the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, there's something, we've taught this too, there is the approach matters. So Abram, he hadn't heard Jesus talk about that concept yet, but somehow he knew that it was the appropriate way to handle this. He didn't, he didn't log into Facebook and blast them. He he, he didn't spread rumors about him to the other clans. He, he goes face to face with the guy he's got an issue okay, with. And then it says that they work out a solution. And here's what I want you to hear, to hear this if you don't hear anything else today. To correctly navigate relationships, you need to know that sometimes the solution in some relationships is space. I should have amen myself before I got here because y'all ain't helping the boy out at all. All right, I knew, I knew. Okay, so, so, so Abram and Lot realized that the, that the only way that they're going to survive this, and re, here's the key, please, if you, please don't miss this. The only way they're going to survive this and remain in relationship, that's the goal. The goal is to stay in relationship. I'm going to say it again till it sinks in deep. The goal is to remain in relationship. The goal is to remain in relationship. The goal is for us to be able to remain in relationship. And so they knew that the only way that they were going to be able to remain in relationship was to do this, create space between them. Sometimes what God removes from your life is just as significant as what he brings into your life. I mentioned this because some of you have arrived here at church today and you're wounded and you're disappointed and you're disillusioned and you're wallowing in pain and the solution that you've decided will work for you is this relationship that is producing all of that in your life. You're still trying to press for more and closer relationship than you had previously when I just came to stop by to tell you from scripture that probably the solution for you in that moment is for them to be blessed and for you to be blessed is for you to give them some space and to get some space for yourself. Both individuals are being blessed, but separation has to take place. I just need you to understand this morning that sometimes ghosting is gifting. Some of y'all don't even understand that term. There's this new term rolling around called ghosting. It's like you were all up in my business the last 30 days. Like every time I turned around, I couldn't get away from you. You were blowing up my phone. You were sending me texts. You were posting on my Facebook. You're all over my Instagram. Every time I show up at a store, you're right there. I can't get away from you. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you're gone. I can't find you anywhere. I, I, you, you, you don't text me anymore. You don't call me anymore. You don't roll up at my house anymore. You're not all up in my business. And too many of us at that moment try to start forcing relationship when all that is really taking place is safety is being provided by space. Ghosting can be gifting. See, God does different kind of math than us. I'm not great at math. Uh, I hate math. 
Let's just all testify. You need me to pass the microphone around? I despise. Esther Nix, you can't raise your hand. You work in accounting at the extension loan fund. What? Okay, so, so I hate math, right? But God does this different kind of math. He, sometimes addition comes by subtraction. There are seasons in life that if you don't experience subtraction, then you will experience distraction. Can I take you back to the text and show you what I'm talking about? The Bible says that Abram and Lot are, are talking and they're talking about the division. And then almost as an afterthought, the, 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 the text says this. They were surrounded by Canaanites and Perizzites and all the Zites. And Abram recognizes that if we allow our relationship to rupture, if this rift continues, we will be so distracted that we will be unable to battle the real enemies that are present here. Okay, I'm preaching right now. I just need you to understand that if they had stayed connected, then they would have played right into the hands of the enemy. And I just need to remind you this morning that there are times in our lives that if we keep on with a relationship, that there needs to be space established. If we keep pushing for it, fighting for it, forcing it, there are moments that that will become such a huge distraction that in that moment, we, come, we become susceptible to the attacks of our real enemy. Because I need you to tell your, right, your neighbor right now. We may not be getting alone right now, but you're not my enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. You are not my opposition. The, the enemy, the real enemy of our soul, Satan and his minions, they're our real enemy, right? But if we become distracted by contention between us, we miss the real enemy. I want to remind you that God will never take anything away from us that we need. He will, however, take things away from us that we want. He will take things away from us that we rely on. He will take things away that we trust more than him. Some of us are fighting separation in destructive and distractive relationships simply because we trust those people more than we trust God. Oh, Ooh, that came back like with swords attached to it. Just bounced and came right back. Some of us are, are, we trust people that are destructive for us in this season, distracting for us in this season because we've placed all of our trust in them. And as long as they're in my life, I'll be okay. As long as they're in my life, I will be healthy. As long as they're sitting next to me at church, all is well with my soul. Wait a minute. No. The reason God allows separation sometimes, space sometimes, is to show us where our trust belongs. Our trust belongs in the Lord. I don't put my trust in chariots. I don't put my trust in horses. I don't put my trust in men. I love you. I like it when you show up. I like it when you praise next to me. I like it when you tell me you're praying for me. But my trust is not in you. My trust is in him alone. Here's the truth. The relationships that we're in are the means that God uses to get us to travel to certain places in life. But here's the truth. To get to our final destination, where he wants us to be, there are moments in life, not every relationship, but there are moments in life where space has to be established so that he can get us where we need to be. Because they got you to this place, but they may not be able to get you to the next level. And in fact, they may keep you from getting to the next level. 
So we got to wrestle with whether we trust transportation more than God. You can usually spot the end of a season in a relationship where you need space like this. Here it is. At one point in your life, they produced peace. That's what happens in Abram and Lot's situation. There's peace existing among them. And then all of a sudden they get so large that now there's no peace. In one season in life, they produce peace in your heart. But now in this season, they're causing chaos. That's a pretty good indication that you may need some space. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, They used to draw you closer to God, but now they distract you from God. They, 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 they used to cause you to get your eyes on Jesus, but now because of the tension in the relationship, you're struggling to keep your eyes on Jesus. Pretty good indication that it may be time to give them some space. See, here's why. Relationships can sink. Y'all see what I did there? Okay, I just... Just want to keep you awake here. Relationships can sink. And so it forces us to answer whether you trust the ship or whether you trust the Savior. And I want you to notice what God does in this moment. Just just hang with me and then I'll get some stuff maybe to hit everybody. I just want you to notice what God does in this moment. In this particular moment, he removes someone who Abraham was affectionate for but not responsible for. See, I told y'all this is going to require some spiritual maturity because like right now, some of y'all are just checking people off. I'm going to get rid of them, rid of them, rid of them. That's not what I'm saying. Not what I'm saying. Not what I'm saying. But I do want you to understand that some of you are affectionate for some folks that you're not responsible for. And so, so, this, 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 so in order to manage relationships, you, you're going to have to allow space. Both parties are still being blessed, but now we're being blessed at a safe distance from one another. Yeah, okay, so, so uh, this account teaches us a great lesson. We must learn to make an adjustment before there's a problem. You have to get out of range. So, oh, I'm, get, I'm getting some help now. People are starting to figure out some names. Like they, They're going through the Rolodex. Right? They're, they're in their phone right now going, I need some space from you. All right, so, so, so you, you got to make adjustments, right? You got to make adjustments before there's a problem. So, so here was the problem with the, the, the literal game. The, the, I mentioned it. The problem with the literal game battleship was that once you position, unless you're a cheater, 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 uh, uh, unless you were a cheater, you knew that once you positioned the boats on the pegboard, you were not allowed to move them once the shots started being fired, right? So, so look at all you cheaters in the room. Some of y'all smiling at me like that little grin, why, wily looking smile, like wily coyote smile looking at me like I know you cheated. Like when they called out the first number and hit your boat, you kind of real low so they couldn't see it, reached out and moved the boat over so it wouldn't, you cheaters. So you couldn't move your boat right? That was the game battleship. You cannot move your boat, right? Why do we act like and behave like that the rules of battleship on the pegboard apply to real life? Why do we act like that once the, the, the shots begin to be fired and, and they're lobbing bombs at us that we can't make any adjustments? Tell me why. Tell me why we've, we've, we've fixed in our mind that we can't get out of range. 
We got to learn to adjust. So our approach must be like the approach of Abram. Here it is. I'm making adjustments not because I don't like you. I got to make some adjustments because I love you. And I don't want our relationship to be ruptured completely. Y'all ain't hearing me. I ain't doing, listen, we were, we were like calling 24 hours a day. I had you on speed dial. You were texting me in the middle of the night. We would we'd go do coffee four times a, a week, all this stuff. Now, all of a sudden, I need to make some adjustments and give you space. You're being blessed. I'm being blessed. I'm not doing this because I don't like you. I'm doing this because I love you. And I need to make adjustments so that what we're feeling right now will not produce a permanent rupture in our relationship. Some of us just need to learn to adjust. Lot's, by the way, I don't know if you know the whole story, maybe you do, but, but Lot chooses the land that's the prettiest, I'll get back to that, and the most fruitful and the most pleasing. The only dilemma was is that his particular choice put him inside the influence of Sodom and Gomorrah. Go read the story. You know, if you, if you know your Bible, if you don't, I'm getting ready to help you. But if you know your Bible, you know that was a bad choice. Yeah, it, it, it causes Lot significant pain. <laughs> Come on now, they try to get his daughters to, to, to uh, do bad things to them. The men of the, the cities wanted, want his daughters. The angels come to visit. They want the angels. His wife turns into a pillar of salt. I mean, this, cost, this decision cost Lot a whole lot of pain. Do you know who it was who rescued Lot? Who? That's right, Abram. Wait a minute, you've been talking to us about space. And now all of a sudden you're telling us that Abram's the one that goes and rescues Lot? Yeah, because, because I want you to understand is, is, is this right here. They're still in relationship. He made adjustments, but he didn't break relationship. In fact, what happens is what is this. I, I, I adjust so that I am positioned for my safety, but I'm also positioned for your rescue because I'm a real friend. And a real friend, I got two, I got two rules as a real friend. Number one, I'm not going to sit around and watch you destroy yourself and participate in that. And number two, I'm not going to let your bad choices that are destroying you bleed off on me. So I, I have to make adjustments and get enough space between us, but I'm not going to rupture our relationship so deeply that now when you're in the time of need, I can't show up and rescue you. Oh, I'm helping. So I hope I help. I want you to notice this and then I'll get out of your way because some of y'all are just struggling right here because this is too deep, um, too, too tough. This is hard to do. I want you to notice some stuff. I want you to notice that Lot chooses the best land. I don't even have time to mess with this maybe one day, but I want you to notice that Abram is so committed to keeping relationship with Lot intact that he, and, and because he trusts God so much that he allows Lot to seemingly mistreat him. Lot did not prefer Abram above himself. Oh, Abram didn't fight for his preference he didn't, he, he didn't sacrifice his relationship with Lot to gain comfort. Why? Because Abram trusted God to take care of him if he acted righteously. Too many of us want to fight for ourselves and in the process we get into God's lane. 
We want to war for ourselves. We want to sing at church on Sunday. I don't know. We almost got into that song today. It kind of, it's a version one. Uh, this is how I fight my battles. Y'all know that song? This is how I fight my battles, right? And we're talking about we praise. That's how we fight our battles. We praise, right? The dilemma is, is that when we leave church, how we fight our battles often changes. And so now, outside the confines of the sanctuary where there's praise and worship going on, we don't act like Abram anymore and trust God. We try to take matters into our own hands. And what we ought to sing is, this is how I fight my battles. I will post badly about you online. I will call all my friends and badmouth you. I will start a prayer chain in the, guy, in the disguise of a prayer request when it's really, I'm just trying to let you guys know that they're mistreating me. So here's the truth. If we would stay in our lane, I can stand still. When I'm obedient to God, I can stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I don't have to pull strings. I don't have to work angles. He will bless me. So here it is in a nutshell. Space is godly and space is a gift. I'm not saying you give up on them. I'm just telling you that sometimes you've got to give people space. Uh, some of us need to get space and some of us need to give space. This, okay, I'm, I'm going to get real basic, then I'm going to quit. This is how you navigate successfully, because we're talking about winning. How do we win? This is how you successfully manage and navigate relationships inside a church body where you don't agree with everybody. And there are Sundays you don't even like everybody because they parked in your spot and they took your role. When you came in here to sit down, they didn't know that you've been sitting there for 20, well, we hadn't been here 20, 12 years in this building. You did, they didn't know that you had your stake in the ground. Like it's, I mean, you got your name on this seat. They didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't know you were supposed to get your coffee before them because you're, you've been here longer than them. So, so we, we allow that junk to happen. Thankfully, that does not happen here. So why am I even preaching this message? I don't know. Maybe because God told me to. We are on the cusp of an invasion of souls we're baptizing 15 today. We are on the cusp of an invasion of new people being saved, being set free. And you've been, some, most of you been here longer than them. This is, some, some of them you won't like. They won't know how to sing like they're supposed to sing. They won't know that when we say, let's curse the enemy, they won't know what that actually means. And they may take us up on it. They won't be, come, they won't be entirely as free as you are. Of course, you've been in this like 45 years and you've worked through all the stuff that we can see on the outside and so you get here like glowing because you're so holy. And all of a sudden they show up and they still got issues. And the way you successfully navigate that is you learn 
to give each other space. Oh, by the way, this is how you also navigate tense relationships in your family. <laughs> I saw a wife look at a husband right then because she's like, I got, you got to give me some space. I'm going to kill you if you don't give me some space. <laughs> you know why? Because I want you to be blessed and I want to be blessed. And the only way that we can pull that off is we got to learn to adjust and give one another space at the right moments without rupturing relationships. Because hear, hear me, and then I'm done. If you don't learn this skill, as soon as tension starts, if you don't learn to make adjustments and give one another space, as soon as tension starts, divisions begin, what will take place is the relationship will rupture. You will walk out of this body, and you will carry all of your issues with you to the next body that you think is perfect and you will get in there and they will love you for about the first six months and you will love them. It's called the honeymoon period, by the way. And you will think you're, you're the best thing. Oh, I wish I'd have been here all my life. And then all of a sudden, about six months in, their breath is gonna be bad one Sunday morning and they're gonna sing off note one Sunday morning and they're gonna look at you all cockeyed one Sunday morning because you sat in their chair and all of a sudden you're gonna go, wait a minute, I thought this was the promised land. No, you brought all that junk with you because you never made any adjustments here to navigate long enough to deal with all your baggage. Don't look at me like that. We've had numbers of people, scores of people walk out of this place thinking that they were going somewhere better and what they discovered is they went with them. And they never got this tool in their toolkit. And all I'm trying to teach you in this moment is some of you don't like the people around you even right now. Give them some space. Some of you need to look at your neighbor right now and say, you're going to have to give me some space. I need some space. Because we need each other. Catherine, come on. Again, I am not giving you permission to live on an island all by yourself. That is not Christianity. It was never intended to be a private endeavor. You need one another. You just don't need each other 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year, every second of your life, because you will drive one another crazy. In fact, you're about to drive, never mind. Okay, so, so we got to learn. Because I want you blessed. And I can be blessed and you can be blessed and we can give each other the adjustments we need and then we can rally to each other's rescue when we need to do so. Do you understand what I'm saying? Last, last message in this series, do you understand? I'm telling you, this place is gonna fill up with people that are gonna need space and we gotta learn this now before they get here. Because I don't wanna lose them but I sure don't want to lose you. They're going to need you to rally to their rescue when they get it all right. There's going to be this moment in their life that they're going to need somebody that's spiritually mature, that's been through what they're going through, and you're going to be able to run to their rescue, but not if you leave. Right? We got we to gotta rally to one another. So, Father, I'm just asking you to do this. I, I know this is a, a different kind of message. but we need your help. I pray that even if somebody's in this room that is a new believer, I pray that what you would do is that in this moment, you would deepen their walk with you to the degree 
just in this moment to the degree that they can handle this message and they won't abuse it. I pray that you would remind us in this moment that you've called us to be in relationship. We are called to be connected. We have the same bloodline. We are family. In fact, the truth is, is that we're actually closer than actual blood relatives because we have your blood flowing through us. We are joined together. We're one body. And so I pray that you'd help us in this moment to, to mature rapidly so that we learn not to force relationships that need space. God, I pray that we would give each other grace in this moment. Teach us the, to, to, to apply grace to one another. And we may need to back off or we may need to allow them to back off. Help us to learn. Help us to learn. We don't want to be distracted in this moment. God, there is a real devil out there. He's fighting like crazy to, to kill, steal, and destroy. And we don't want to get our eyes off of what he's doing so that we're, we're, we're on guard and that we're fighting the right fight by fighting one another. So God, I pray that you would allow us in this moment to learn how to give each other space. Help us to make any adjustments we need to make for our own health. We ask you to do this, Jesus. God, if there's any tension in the room that I'm unaware of, I, I, Father, I just want to give you thanks because in the course of our history, we've had very little tension. 15 years, I can count tense moments between large portions of our congregation on maybe two fingers. It's been incredible the work you've done. You've knit our hearts together. You're doing something special here at Passion. You are doing a miracle here at Passion. And I pray that before it's necessary to know all this, you would help us so that we don't run away or step away from divinely assigned relationships that we need to be present for. And God, I pray that we would learn how to position ourselves to run to people's rescue when they need it. I ask you to accomplish this and to do this for your namesake, for your glory. What you establish here is for your glory. I pray that people that just pop in every once in a while would be absolutely amazed at the diversity and the differences of the people that have learned how to worship with one another, give each other space, and still love one another deeply. I pray that you would accomplish that and establish that here for your glory and honor. We ask you to do this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Would you look at your neighbor right now and say, I might have to give you some space. You may have to get, tell the other guy, tell the other person on the other side, you may have to give me some space. Uh, Pastor Andrew, Julie, would you help me? Those of you that are being baptized, would you follow them to where you're supposed to be as we make a transition here and while they're going? Yeah.
while they're going, let me do a couple things as they're getting ready. Um, man, they're fast. They're already working on the screen. Y'all pray. We're, we're, we're working on an arrangement for this. We've baptized. I don't want to get this wrong. I hate math. 29, 30, somewhere over 30. Let's just do that. <laughs> Within the last four months, we've baptized somewhere over 30 people. So we're gonna we're working on a, a solution for all that. But while they're while they're getting ready, let me do a couple things. First of all, if this is your first time of passion, thank you so much for being here. You should have already re, uh, received a gift from us. If you did not, I want you to stop by the little counter outside where the coffee is. We have a gift just for you. You don't want to miss that gift. My mama makes those gifts. I know they're good. If you don't want it, you go get it. Bring it to me. I will demolish it in about 20 seconds. So, so get there. The only, only thing we ask you to do is there's a card in the seat back in front of you, the next step card. It looks like the one on uh, the screen's not there anymore. Sorry. Uh, I was looking for the screen. Uh, it, it's a first time visitor card or connection card. If you would just fill that out, give them that and they will give you um, your gift. Also, if you're here today and you gave your life to Jesus, all we want to do is help. And so you can text the word SAVE to this phone number and we will get you materials to help you on your journey because it is a journey. If you're here and you want to serve in any capacity here at Passion, we've got so many teams that do so many different things. Uh, you can just text that same number, the word SERVE, and we will get you hooked up with a leader in that particular area. Um, we're going to give by passing the buckets this morning. Um, and so ushers, if you would get positioned real quick. Um, Let's, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to do this so you can actually see. Um, so let's, uh, ushers, would you just go ahead and come now while I set up? We're going to watch an announcement video on the little screens because it won't work on the big screen. Uh, and uh, so I'm going to let them do this first. Jason, y'all ready? Let's real quick. Let's bring these ushers. Come on, ushers. Go ahead and start passing those buckets. We haven't talked about this in a minute. Let me just say this. How many of you are thankful for the Hope Center? Yeah. So uh, back in August uh, of last year, we started Hope Center sometime around then. And it has been a blessing to us. And you're going to see some of the fruit of that today. Um, and we're just thankful for what God is doing. And that's what happens when you give as things like that happen. And so we just bless them. We're so thankful for your faithfulness. God is good. Amen. And as we remain faithful and obedient, he blesses us. I'll just give you a quick testimony. Um, we had a, a gentleman came to me uh, today um, and also I, I, I kind of knew. Um, we've had this happen three times in the last month and a half. I've had three different gentlemen come to me and tell me that God has worked a miracle at work for them. Uh, two of them told me that they got... Um, raises kind of unexpectedly. One, I think one of them was over 30% increase. Both those, these, these folks I'm talking about are faithful and tithe, by the way. Um, and then just recently, one of our guys that's been working a uh, um, minimum payment wage just got a new job out of the blue over three times more a month. God is good. God is good. And we don't believe that, you know, na name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, uh, confess it, all that stuff. We just know that God's, he honors his word. 
We're very balanced in that. We believe that God honors His Word, and as we're tithe and faithful, God always comes through. You ready, Pastor Andrew? All right, let's uh, celebrate baptism. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.